This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hegestilianos. As a teaching pastor for more than 35 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. If as the Bible declares, God is no respecter of persons, why do the prayers and petitions of some get answered and some not? You avoid sin, read your Bible, regularly go to church, pray and think you know what faith is all about, yet everyone's prayers for breakthrough, except yours, seem to get answered. If you want to truly understand the system God has set up so your prayers get answered too, you need to hear all eight days of Pastor Ray's life-changing message in this third program of his series on faith entitled, This is What Can Make Your Faith Work. Declaring that faith without action is dead, Pastor lays out the groundwork for putting action to your faith in examples from the life of Abraham and his use of the faith system God had set up that earned him the title, the father of our faith. Here's today's unique lesson on what will make your faith work too. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I started a little message on faith. And I started with, we were in the book of James and We talked in the last two weeks, we talked about the topic or the subject that faith needs action. Faith alone cannot get the job done, but faith needs a partner called action. If you claim to have faith, but you have no action according to the book of James and what James has written, that faith without works or faith without action is actually dead. And we looked at one version said, dead, destitute, devoid of any power and has absolutely uh, no uh, hope of really producing anything in your life. So let me back up for a minute, and let me just uh, say this, that the very most important message that we need to hear or a person needs to hear, the very first and most important message that every human being needs to hear from the Word of God is the message on salvation. Because without salvation, we're going nowhere. And uh, so that is the first and the foremost and the most important message that a believer, uh, not a believer, but a human being needs to hear because uh, receiving and accepting the Lord makes you a believer, all right? So salvation, but we can't come back every week and hear the same message on salvation. Some churches preach salvation messages every week. So that's good for the people who haven't yet been saved, but what happens to the saved ones? They just keep hearing the same message on salvation and they have really nothing to grow or to go on. So my feeling is this, that the very first important, most, most important message is a message on salvation. But the second most important message that a person needs to hear is simply this. We need to hear the message of faith. Why? Because the Bible teaches us that the just shall live by faith. Not just once in a while, but every single day of our lives. The just shall live by faith. But unfortunately, a lot of believers use faith sort of like they use a spare tire. How many of you thought about your spare tire this morning when you were driving to to, to church? We don't have any liars today. That's good. (laughs) The only time you think about a spare tire is when you get a flat tire and you are in need of a tire. And unfortunately, that's how Christians sometimes treat, treat faith 
They treat it like, you know, when some catastrophe or some thing comes up, up against their life, then they start, you know, digging back into the word on subjects on faith to try to build up their faith, and they use their faith like a spare tire. But really, we are called to live by faith. That means that every day we ought to be building, using, expressing our faith uh, for something or for everything in our life, and that, that's connected to our life. Faith is a walk, it's a daily walk. It's not just in a once-in-a-while occurrence. How many of you are, yeah, amen. How many of you are trusting in faith your entire life and everything you are over to God and you are walking by faith? So faith is a walk. It's, it's a lifestyle. It's not an occasional occurrence. You know, so we talked about the fact that without action, faith is rendered inefficient. It, it, it's rendered dead. It cannot produce anything. And isn't it awesome that God has given us this opportunity to trust him and to believe him for the needs and the wants and the desires of our life that are consistent with the principles and with the promises of God's word. And God's word covers every area of your life. There's nothing that God's word doesn't cover. Whatever it is in your life that you need or you want or you desire, whatever it is that uh, you're looking for in your life, God has already covered it in his word. And we have the awesome opportunity to take God at his word and in faith, in trust, and, and believing in God and putting our trust in, in him, we have the awesome expectation that everything that he has promised can be and will be a reality if we will just trust him in faith for those things. So it's awesome that our lives, so you weren't created, uh, you see, sometimes what happens is that people... They start to sink and, you know, they get depressed or things don't go right. Well, really what it means is simply that you haven't, you, you haven't really been building your faith. Because if your faith stays strong, you're going to stay on top of situations in life. You're not going to go under. You're going to be on top. That's what, that's what your faith is there for. So many years ago when I first learned the faith message and started to hear that, you know, I didn't have to get jerked around and kicked around in this life that, that you know, God really cared about me and he gave me promises. And if I would just use my faith and believe him for those promises, that these promises could actually become a reality in my life. Well, I started to, to put it into operation. That's why everything I learned, everything I heard, I was eager to get it into operation. And I've had it in operation all these 30 plus years. And my life has been blessed. And I say that if God would do it for me, he most certainly would do it for you as well because he is not a God who, um, you know, would lie. He's not a God that shows favoritism, but he's a God who loves and treats all the same, but he requires faith. He's a faith God and he requires us to approach him on the basis of our faith. And uh, so, so faith without action, faith without works or faith without some sort of corresponding action is dead, destitute, as the Amplified says, dead, destitute of power and unproductive. It will not produce anything. It'll not bring any results. So sometimes people wonder, you know, I go to church, I pray, I read the word, I believe God. How come things aren't changing in my life? Well, it's very, very simple. You can go to church, you can pray, you can believe God, you can read the Bible, but if you are not putting action behind what you're learning, if you're not doing what the Word of God is teaching you to do, then faith is rendered dead, alone, insufficient, and cannot and will not produce anything in your life. That is the reality of it. 
You see, like we said last week, you know, you, you, people come to God with their tears. God is not moved by your tears. I mean, listen, he, I'm sure, you know, God has a sensitive side to him where he understands what you're going through and he's a compassionate God for sure. But that's not what moves the hand of God. It's faith that moves the hand of God. So if you hear something from the word of God, you should be quick to put it into operation. You should be quick to be a doer of the word and not just to hear it. Things will never change in your life. Things will never get better in your life until you start acting on the word of God. Whatever you learn, put it into operation. You learn how to be a forgiver, how to be a lover, how to be patient, how to be a giver, how to be a tither, how to do all of these things that you've learned from the book. If you'll put this into operation in your life, you will begin to see the results for sure because God is not a man that he should lie. Come on, give, give, give me an amen there. But it takes action. And one of the most frustrating things for me as a pastor, I have to be very honest, one of the most frustrating things is to, to, to be teaching and imparting the word and trying my very best to help people, but to see that people don't act on the word. They don't put the word into operation. And that becomes and still has been and will always be a terrible frustration to me because I know what the word can produce in your life. I know what the word has, has, has power to do. I know how God has changed my life. I know how just believing him and trusting him has revolutionized my life. Everything that you see in my life today is the work of faith all those years ago, just trusting and believing God, all right? So it's so important for us to understand that faith alone does not work. It needs action and activity. You've got to do something with the word that you've heard. And what you need to do is you need to obey it and put it into operation and to live it every day of your life. That's what turns it from just knowledge into action. And that's what turns it into, into faith-producing, result-producing faith. Uh, it's the action that will do that. Without the action, faith is rendered ineffective. It cannot, so I can talk it. I can know it. And there are lots of people that I've encountered. You've been sitting in church for years. You know the word. You can quote it better than I can. You know the verses. About, I, I can start the verse. You can finish the verse. Right? I can start to say one word. You go, bam, you'll jump up and recite. But if you don't put action with the word, all the word you know and understand is absolutely useless and is rendered ineffective, dead, and unproductive. So it's very important for us to understand that as believers. Now, let me just, let me just um, clarify this and be sure that everybody understands this. I'm not talking about your eternal salvation. Your eternal salvation comes in your believing and confessing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Your eternal salvation is, is settled and solved and settled with God and you're going to heaven. What I'm talking about is the way you're going to live life on this earth. What I'm talking about is the way that you're going to walk in this earth, the degree of blessing you're going to walk in, the degree of health you're going to walk in, the degree of peace and joy and the kind of relationships that you're going to develop in this earth. This is what I'm talking about. You Listen, you had faith for salvation and you're... But see... I, why only take part of the package when God wants you to have the whole thing? Why would you only settle for half of it when God wants you to have all of it? I'm a, I, I would rather, if God is extending all of these wonderful blessings to me, then I want all of it, not just part of it. Someone once said there were 32,000 promises in the word of God. Another preacher said there were 7,000 promises in the word of God. 
I don't know, it's somewhere between 7 and 32, but there are thousands of promises in the Word of God, and every one of them are available to us. If we will just extend our faith and back it up with action, you can have results in your life, and you will. You will. That's what I'm spending my life on, trying to help people to understand the Word of God and to encourage them and motivate them to the point where they will act on the word because when you put that action with your faith, get ready, get ready, get ready, awesome things are going to begin to happen in your life. The impossible will become possible when you put action to your faith. Hallelujah. Come on, I'm preaching than you're, better than you're saying amen today. All right. So now for the time we have left, I want to go over to the book of Hebrews, as I said, chapter 11 and verse 1. And faith has another partner that is so very important in its operation. We talked about action. You've got to put action to your faith. But another very important word that we have to talk about today is found and contained in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. And let me read the verse and then we'll get back over to it. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, the other partner that faith uh, requires and faith has is this partner called hope. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. I like to say it this way. Faith brings substance to our hope. Faith makes our hope a reality or faith brings our hopes into the natural realm. But if faith does not have hope, faith has nothing to work towards. Let me give you a definition. Now, in the world, let's just talk. I love talking about this little word, hope, because I think it's such a powerful word. In the world, when we use the word hope, there's always a very negative connotation. And I, I do it myself, so I've got to remind myself. I have to snap, you know, slap myself sometimes and say, stop doing that but there's often a very negative connotation attached to the word hope, right? So here, let me give you an example. Like we're talking about, um, I was talking to somebody the other day. I said, well, you know, we're having a really nice spell of weather. Isn't this beautiful? I said, yeah. And she, the lady said, yeah. And I said, you know, they're talking, that, they're talking about, I heard a report that said, you know, this is going to trend into the winter and we're going to have a mild winter. And she looked at me with these big eyes and said, well, I hope so. Hope always has like a negative connotation attached to it. People like people I've prayed for, you know, and they don't know any better, say, well, you know, this is what God's word says. And, and you pray for him, you get them all built up. And you say, now do you believe that you're healed? And, you know, God's word says you're healed. Do you believe you're healed? And they, they look at that. I sure do hope so. <laughs> hope always comes across as such a negative word. But brothers and sisters, when God used the word by the Holy Spirit, inspiring these writers to write the Bible through the Holy Spirit. The word hope throughout the whole Bible never has a negative connotation attached to it. I was so intrigued by this word hope because it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So hope plays a part in my faith. I found out that if I don't have hope in my life, my faith has nothing to accomplish. Hope gives my faith the orders. Hope gives my faith the directions. Hope gives my faith a goal to reach. Now, I did a study on the word hope. And this is, this is the Bible definition of the word hope. There is nothing negative in this word hope as it's contained in the Bible. So what I did is I went through all these Bible dictionaries and looked at the Greek and 
looked at the, the Hebrew, and I tried to find all the words that identify and define this word hope as we see it in the Bible. And this is, this is the definition that I came up with, and I've been teaching this for years. Some of you, you already know this message, but some of you have never heard this. This is, this is what the word hope means. Hope is the joyful, <coughs> confident, favorable expectation of things to come. In other words, a person who is living in true Bible hope looks to the future as being something joyful, favorable, something expecting favorable good coming, expecting only good coming in the months and the years up ahead. There's nothing negative attached to the word hope. So when the Bible says now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, it's talking about our future desires. See, faith is now. Faith, as we said before, you ought to be walking and living in faith every day of your life. Faith is a now experience. It, it, it does not speak about the future. Your hope is what speaks about the future. Now, let me just, let me just share. The, see, sometimes what I, I think is that some folks are having a hard time with their faith, and I'll tell you why. It's not your faith that's a problem. I believe oftentimes it's your lack of hope. You don't have a vision. You don't have a goal. You don't have a destination. And when you don't have a vision, goal, or destination, i.e. a hope, your faith doesn't know what to accomplish. Your faith doesn't know where to go. You can't center focus. You can't focus your faith on a particular thing and your faith is going to struggle because it does not have hope attached to it. Yes. It would be like, it would be like, you know, uh, like this. Let me give you this example. It'd be like you coming on, coming up on vacation time. You tell the family we're going on vacation and you pack up the car, you get the dog, the kids, the cat, everybody gets the gerbils, the hat, whatever you got. Everything gets packed into the car and you get into the car and you start driving down the road and you all look at each other and say, where are we going? <laughs> oh, we're going on vacation. Where are you going? Say, well, that would be silly. It would be foolish. But that's how many people are walking their faith walk. You claim to have faith, but you have no direction. You claim to be a person of faith, but you don't know, you haven't told your faith where to go yet. You haven't given your, your faith a, 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 a destination or a point uh, of arrival. You haven't set up a hope yet. And you see, I believe with all of my heart, we live, we live in a very hopeless time. And, and what greater tool would the enemy bring upon humanity than hopelessness? Because if he could dash the hopes of people, he could snuff out their faith. Because if you don't have a hope, your faith has nowhere to go. If you don't have a hope, your faith has nowhere to go. Faith without hope is hopeless faith. And, and I, would, I, would just, I would say this, that in this room, I would say that, and I'll just venture, I'll venture out here, that one of the biggest problems that we probably face right here among all of us is that our hopes are not set that high. Most people are living this, que sera, sera, what will be, will be. Well, you listen to the news and you, you, you hear the reports and you read the newspaper and you look online. Yeah, everything points to, well, it's really very hopeless. It doesn't look like anything is really going to turn out well. Stock market's going up and down, and the government's all screwed up, and the world, they're fighting, and people are in, in countries are fighting countries, and there's all kinds of evil. 
And if we only look at that kind of stuff, this is going to dash our hope. And when our hopes are dashed, our faith is rendered ineffective. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. You can't just live in hope alone. Hope isn't going to get you anywhere. You've got to put your faith with your hope. But hope has a very important part to play in, your, in walking the faith walk. So, as I said before, everything that you see in my life and what I've been able to accomplish these years, way back there when I was 33 years old and starting this church back there in 1988, it all started out as a hope. It was a joyful, confident, favorable expectation of things to come. I wasn't living it then, but I had hope that faith was going to get me to my destination. Faith was going to make my hopes become a reality. Way back then, and I, I don't do it as much today, and, but I would encourage you, if you're beginning this faith walk and there are things that you, are, you, you want to see different in your life, you want to see whatever it is in your life, you ought to write it down. Make a hope list and put down what you're targeting. What is, what is it? You want to come out of that apartment and, and, and own a home. You want to drive a brand new car. Way back then when I first heard this whole stuff about faith, one of the very first hopes that I set out was that I would never drive a used car again. <laughs> now, if you had seen the cars that I was driving, the car where I was driving down the road and the axle broke and the wheel just popped right off, could have killed myself. The car where I had one piston that didn't work and a and I had like the Shekinah glory cloud pouring out of the pipe. You know, everywhere I was going, I left a trail of smoke because I had one piston that was busted. I had another car every time in the winter. I put my foot on the gas pedal. The gas pedal, a cable would snap and break and the car wouldn't go. It was just stuck and couldn't go anywhere. I said, I had enough. So for two full years, I did nothing but take public transportation. I took trains, I took buses, I took taxi cabs, and I wore out multiple pairs of shoes because I was focused on one thing. My hope was that I will never drive a used car again. I put my faith on it, and faith ultimately, in 1982, produced my very first brand-new car, and from that day to this, I have never driven a used car again. Had I not set the hope, which is the goal, I would have never gotten to this place and I would have just like taken one. See, sometimes you just got to get sick and tired of being sick and tired and say, enough is enough. God has given me this awesome opportunity by faith to trust him for the needs, the wants, and the desires of my life. And I've just got to get it down. Where do I want to be? Where do I want to go? When I first started this church, I did the same thing. I wrote down, I made a list, I put it all down. What, what I wanted to do, what kind of church I wanted to have, what I was believing for, what I was thanking God for, you know? And faith, that was my hope. I wasn't living in it. It wasn't a reality. It was merely a hope. It was a joyful, confident, favorable expectation of things to come. I didn't have it, but I knew it was coming. I didn't see it, but I believed that it would manifest. That's faith, and hope working together. Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. 
Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. Before we go, here's a final word from Pastor Ray. Hello, this is Pastor Ray. I wanted to take a moment from today's broadcast to tell you about a brand new book I've written that's just become available for purchase entitled Discouragement, Doubt, and Compromise. I wrote this book because of after more than 37 years of pastoring, I see too many Christians, both newly saved and those mature in their walk with God, fall victim to a device of the enemy that he has been using against God's people ever since the beginning of time. It's simply a threefold plan of discouragement, doubt, and compromise. I know this material will be a tremendous blessing to you in encouraging and stimulating your faith and helping you to truly be more than a conqueror. Why not go to my website right now and order your copy, PastorRayNY.com. Why not order a copy for a friend as well? That's PastorRayNY.com. 